Essay One of Life in the Sick Room Essays by an Invalid. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marianne Spiegel. Life in the Sick Room Essays by an Invalid by Harriet Martineau. Dedication To Blank. Passion I see is catching. For mine eyes, seeing those beads of sorrow stand in thine, began to water. Shakespeare When we our betters see bearing our woes, we scarcely think our miseries are foes. Who alone suffers, suffers most in the mind, leaving free things and happy shows behind. But then the mind much sufferance doth or skip when grief hath mates and bearing fellowship. Shakespeare as I write this, I cannot but wonder when and how you will read it, and whether it will cause a single throb at the idea that it may be meant for you. You have been in my mind during the passage of almost all the thoughts that will be found in this book. But for your sympathy, confidently reckoned on, though never asked, I do not know that I should have had courage to mark their procession and record their order. I have felt that if I spoke of these things at all, it must be to some fellow sufferer, to some one who had attained these experiences before me or with me, and, having you for my companion throughout, however unconsciously to yourself, I have uttered many things that I could hardly otherwise have spoken, for one may speak far more freely with a friend, though in the hearing of others, than when singly addressing a number. Most frequently, however, I have forgotten that others could hear, and have conversed as with you alone." It matters little, in this view, that we have never met, that each of us does not know, except by the eye of the mind, with what outward face the other has encountered the unusual lot appointed to both. While I was as busy as any one in the sunny plain of life, I heard of you laid aside in the shadowy recesses where our sunshine of hope and joy could never penetrate to you. And it was with reverence and not pity that I inquired of those who could tell whether you had separate lights of heaven such as there are for retreats like yours. When I was myself withdrawn into such a recess, if I learned to pity more than before, it was with a still enhanced reverence for your older experience. As the evils of protracted unhealthiness came upon me one after another, I knew that they had all visited you long ago, and I felt as if they brought me a greeting from you. For me, at least, you have not suffered in vain." Would there might be anything in this volume which might enable you to say the same to me? At all events, there is something sweet and consoling in the fellowship. Though we would, if we could, endure anything to set the other free, though we would thankfully take upon us any suffering that nature could bear for the thought that no one else was qualified to conceive of our troubles, yet, as this cannot be, we may make the most of the comfort of our companionship. In our wakeful night sessions, when the healthy and the happy are asleep, we may call to each other from our retreats, to know each how the other fares, and, whether we are at the moment dreary or at peace, it may be that there are angels abroad, perhaps the messengers of our own sympathies, who may bear our mutual greetings and drop them on their rounds. Often has this been my fancy, when the images close about me have been terrific enough, and when, in the very throng of these horrors, I have cast about for some charm or talisman wherewith to rid myself of them. 
and some voice of prayer has presently reached me from a temple on the furthest horizon of my life or some sweet or triumphant hymn of submission or praise has floated to my spirit's ear from the far shores of my childhood i have hoped in the midst of the heaven thus brought down about me that the same consolations were visiting you who in the same need would i knew make the same appeal but there are times when the sense of fellowship is dearer still you know doubtless as well as i the emptiness of the consolation when our pitying friends in all love and sincerity remind us of what we did by our efforts when we were well and active and what we are doing still for the world by preserving a decent quietness in the midst of our troubles you know as well as i how withering would be the sense of our own nothingness if we tried to take comfort from our own dignity and usefulness you know as well as i how very far we can see from our place on the verge of life over its expanse and how ridiculous if it were not shocking would be any complacency on the ground of our having followed the instincts of our nature to work while work was possible the issues of such divinely appointed instrumentality being wholly brought out and directed by him who framed and actuated us you know as i do how useful it is to human beings to have before their eyes spectacles of all experiences and we are alike willing having worked while we could now to suffer as we may to help our kind in another mode we feel it some little service to be appointed to having become accustomed to our footing on the shaking plank over the deep dark river to lead on and uphold with a steady hand some who may be appointed to follow and perhaps to pass us upon it but while agreeing in this our happiest fellowship must be i think in seeing with a clearness we could never otherwise have attained the vastness and certainty of the progression with which we have so little to do i do not believe it is possible for persons in health and action to trace as we can the agencies for good that are going on in life and the world or if they can it seems as if the perception were accompanied by a breathless fear a dread of being if not crushed whirled away somewhere hurried along to new regions for which they are unprepared and to which however good they would prefer the familiar you and i and our fellow sufferers see differently whether or not we see further we know and feel to the very centre of our souls that there is no hurry no crushing no devastation attending divine processes while we see the whole system of human life rising and rising into a higher region and a purer light we perceive that every atom is as much cared for as the whole while we use our new insight to show us how things are done and gravely smile to see that it is by every man's overrating the issues of his immediate pursuit in order that he may devote all his energies to it without which nothing would ever be done we smile with another feeling presently on perceiving how an industry and care from above are compensating to every man his mistakes by giving him collateral benefits when he misses the direct good he sought by giving him and his helpers a wealth of ideas as often as their schemes turn out in their professed objects profitless when we see men straining every nerve to reach the tempting apples which are to prove dust and ashes in their jaws we see also by virtue of our position the flying messenger who is descending with the ambrosia which is to feed their immortal part we can tell that while revolutions are grandly operating by which life and the world will in time change their aspect 
while the progress is advancing to which it is now scarcely conceivable that we should ever have dreamed of putting our hands there is not one of our passing thoughts that is not ordained not a sigh of weariness unheeded not an effort of patience that is not met halfway by divine pity not a generous emotion of triumph in the world's improvement that is not hallowed by the divine sympathy ever living and breathing round about us this our peculiar privilege of seeing and feeling something of the simultaneous vastness and minuteness of providential administration is one in which we most enjoy sympathy at least i do and in this therefore do i find your undoubted friendship most precious here then i end my greeting except in as far as the whole book is truly conversation with you i shall not direct it to your hands but trust to the most infallible force in the universe human sympathy to bring these words under your eye if they should have the virtue to summon thoughts which may for a single hour soften your couch shame and banish your foes of depression and pain and set your chamber in holy order and something of cheerful adornment i may have the honour of being your nurse though i am myself laid low though hundreds of miles are between us and though we can never know one another's face or voice yours blank essay one the transient and the permanent in the sick room lasting what is lasting the earth that swims so well must drown in fire and time be last to perish at the stake the heavens must parch the universe must smoulder nothing but thoughts can live and such thoughts only as godlike are making god's recreation i know affliction worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope st paul all places that the eyes of heaven visits are to a wise man ports and happy havens. Shakespeare The sick room becomes the scene of intense convictions, and among these none, it seems to me, is more distinct and powerful than that of the permanent nature of good and the transient nature of evil. At times I could almost believe that long sickness or other trouble is ordained to prove to us this very point a point worth any costliness of proof. The truth may pass across the mind of one who has suffered briefly, may occur to him when glancing back over his experience of a short, sharp illness or adversity. He may say to himself that his temporary suffering brought him lasting good, in revealing to him the sympathy of his friends and the close connection of human happiness with things unseen. But this occasional recognition of the truth is a very different thing from the abiding and unspeakably vivid conviction of it which arises out of a condition of protracted suffering. It may look like a paradox to say that a condition of permanent pain is that which, above all, proves to one the transient nature of pain, but this is what I do affirm and can testify. The apparent contradiction lies in the words permanent pain, that condition being made up of a series of pains, each of which is annihilated as it departs, whereas all real good has an existence beyond the moment and is indeed indestructible. A day's illness may teach something of this to a thoughtful mind, but the most inconsiderate can scarcely fail to learn the lesson when the proof is drawn out over a succession of months and seasons. With me it has now included several New Year's days. And what have they taught me? 
what any future new year's retrospect cannot possibly contradict and must confirm though it can scarcely illustrate further what is already as clear as its moon and stars during the years looked back upon all the days and most hours of the day have had their portion of pain usually mild now and then for a few marked hours of a few marked weeks severe and engrossing while perhaps some dozen evenings and half-dozen mornings are remembered as being times of almost entire ease so much for the body the mind meantime though clear and active has been so far affected by the bodily state as to lose all its gaiety and by disuse almost to forget its sense of enjoyment during the year perhaps there may have been two surprises of light-heartedness for four hours in june and two hours and a half in october with a few single flashes of joy in the intermediate seasons on the occurrence of some rousing idea or the revival of some ancient association over all the rest has brooded a thick heavy cloud of care apparently causeless but not for that the less real this is the sum of the pains of the year in relation to illness where are those pains now not only gone but annihilated they are destroyed so utterly that even memory can lay no hold upon them the fact of their occurrence is all that even memory can preserve the sensations themselves cannot be retained nor recalled nor revived they are the most absolutely evanescent the most essentially and completely destructible of all things sensations are unimaginable to those who are most familiar with them their concomitants may be remembered and so vividly conceived of as to excite emotions at a future time but the sensations themselves cannot be conceived of when absent this pain which i feel now as i write i have felt innumerable times before yet accustomed as i am to entertain and manage it the sensation itself is new every time and a few hours hence i shall be as unable to represent it to myself as to the healthiest person in the house thus are all the pains of the year annihilated what remains all the good remains and how is this whence this wide difference between the good and the evil because the good is indissolubly connected with ideas with the unseen realities which are indestructible this is true even of the pleasures of sense which of themselves would be as evanescent as bodily pains the flowers sent me by kind neighbors have not perished that is the idea and pleasure of them remain though every blossom was withered months ago the game and fruit eaten in their season remain as comforts and luxuries preserved in the love that sent them every letter and conversation abides every new idea is mine forever all the knowledge all the experience of the year is so much gain even the courses of the planets and the changes of the moon and the haymaking and harvest are so much immortal wealth as real a possession as all the pain of the year was a passing apparition yes even the quick bursts of sunshine are still mine for one instance, which will well illustrate what I mean, let us look back so far as the spring, and take one particular night of severe pain, which made all rest impossible. A short intermission, which enabled me to send my servant to rest, having ended in pain, I was unwilling to give further disturbance, and wandered from mere misery from my bed and my dim room, which seemed full of pain, to the next apartment, where some glimmer through the thick window-curtain allowed that there was light abroad 
light indeed as i found on looking forth the sun resting on the edge of the sea was hidden from me by the walls of the old priory but a flood of rays poured through the windows of the ruin and gushed over the waters strewing them with diamonds and then across the green down before my windows gilding its furrows and then lighting up the yellow sands on the opposite shore of the harbour while the market garden below was glittering with dew and busy with early bees and butterflies besides these bees and butterflies nothing seemed stirring except the earliest riser of the neighbourhood to whom the garden belongs at the moment she was passing down to feed her pigs and let out her cows and her easy pace arms akimbo and complacent survey of her early greens presented me with a picture of ease so opposite to my own state as to impress me ineffably i was suffering too much to enjoy this picture at the moment but how was it at the end of the year all the pains of those hours were annihilated as completely vanished as if they had never been while the momentary peep behind the window curtain made me possessor of this radiant picture for ever this is an illustration of the universal fact that brief instant of good has swallowed up long weary hours of pain an inexperienced observer might at the moment have thought the conditions of my gain heavy enough but the conditions being not only discharged but annihilated long ago and the treasure remaining for ever would not my best friend congratulate me on that sunrise suppose it shining on now and for ever in the souls of a hundred other invalids and mourners who may have marked it in the same manner and who shall estimate its glory and its good it is clear that the conviction i speak of arises from the supposition indispensable and i believe almost universal that pain is the chastisement of a father or at least that it is in some way or other ordained for or instrumental to good the experience of men leaves this belief uncontested and incontestable otherwise evil and pain would be in their effects on sufferers long-lived if not as immortal as good if we believe our sufferings to be inflicted by cruelty or malice our pains would immediately take a permanent existence by becoming connected with our passions of fear revenge etc though still as it is known to students of the human soul the evil however long sustained must be finally absorbed in the good we of our age and state of society however have to do with none who believe pain to be inflicted by the malignity of a superior being those who are not so happy as to recognize in it a mere disguise of blessings otherwise unattainable receive it under some of the various theories of necessary imperfection as something unavoidable and therefore to be received placidly if not gratefully those would admit as cheerfully as the adorers of a chastening father the richness of my wealth as i lie on new year's eve surrounded by the treasures of the departing year the kindly year which has utterly destroyed for me so much that is terrible and grievous while he leaves with me all the new knowledge and power all the teachings from on high and the love from far and near and even the frailest seeming blossom of pleasure that in any moment he has cast into my lap thus has a succession of these friendly years now visited me and gone and as far as we can see thus will every future one repeat the lesson if any person disputes no one can disprove the result wrought out as it is by natural experience it is no contradiction that some are soured by suffering 
their pains like mine are gone and with them as with others it is the ideas which remain and ideas are essentially good a part of the indestructible inner life which must from its very nature sooner or later part with its evil through experience of the superabounding good of the universe if one so soured by pain dies in this mood the ideal part of him is that which remains to be carried into a fresh scene where the mood cannot be fed by the experience which nourished it here if he lives long enough to change his mood there is every probability that the benignant influences which are perpetually at work throughout life and nature will dissolve and disperse his troubles as the eastern lights the breath of morning and the chirp of birds steal in upon the senses of the troubled sleeper and thence possessing themselves of his reason convince him that the miseries of the night season were but a dream true and consoling as it may be for him and for those about him to find thus that trouble may endure for a night but joy cometh in the morning they have not fully learned the lessons of the sick-room if they are not aware that while the troubles of the night season are thus sure to pass away its product of thoughts and experiences must endure till the stars which looked down upon the scene have dissolved in their courses the constellations formed in the human soul out of the chaos of pain must have a duration compared with which those of the firmament are but as the sparkle showered over the sea by the rising sun to one still in this chaos if he do but see the creative process advancing it can be no reasonable matter of complaint that his course is laid the while through such a region and he will feel almost ashamed of even the most passing anxiety as to how soon he may be permitted to emerge end of essay one